DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. And we are joined right now by our basketball insider, Steve Cleveland. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Sprint, making it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Steve, good morning. Good morning. Steve, there was a hilarious conversation last week after the show. When Jake told me that you said, well, yeah, come on, but what are we going to talk about? (laughs) And for whatever reason, the way he said it just broke me up. And the thing is, I had a couple things I knew I wanted to talk to you about last week. But when you dropped that Austin Ainge scouting story and going into the analytics and the eye and then reducing everything to just a number, but then him watching and seeing individual things in the game that had to be fixed, that was fascinating. We don't get that out of coaches or ex-coaches. They don't usually talk about that kind of stuff. And if there had been games, that story probably still wouldn't have come up. So we've just got to randomly talk to you because we don't know what you're going to blurt out that we find fascinating. Well, yeah, I guess you spent 40 years doing something, 38 years doing something, you've had a lot of experience, and some of them really embarrassing, some of them really good, and some of them not so good, but uh, yeah, there's usually a story applied to something, so no, I appreciate you having me on, and uh, hopefully we can find something to talk about today. (laughs) I got a bunch of stuff that I wanted to talk to you about that I didn't get to you uh, last week. And one of it is the situation with the college coaches now with the recruiting. You know, we had on Mark Pope, and he was talking about how, obviously, he's never offered a scholarship to anybody without seeing them in person. And recruiting has to be done right now, but it's being done under circumstances that most likely no coach has ever really done it in the manner that they're doing it now. If you're recruiting in today's world, not being able to go out, and we're not having these spring and probably maybe not even these summer tournaments that we have in Vegas and Atlanta and New Jersey and all these places, how are you going to be able to approach recruiting, or how would you approach recruiting to make sure, because at some point the season's going to go on and you're going to be held accountable for winning games? Well, I think it'd be a lot easier today to do it than it would have been when I was coaching, just because there's because of technology and you know whether it's synergy or whatever yet you know organization that collects uh, data and video for uh, high school, college basketball, NBA, everything. So I think there's access. I think the first, your starting point is you know personal references, talking to coaches, talking to their summer coaches, uh, talking to you know opposing teams' coaches. Uh, you know, just to get their sense and a feel for the, the young man, if in fact you'd never seen him play. And, and then you'd want to get film. And, and it, it, it does make a difference to see somebody in person. Uh, you can see how they react in certain situations, and sometimes film doesn't uh, depict that. But that, that would be the starting point for me. And I think that, you know, the way the NBA does it, and dealing with enough, enough guys that, the NBA looked at and had conversations with assistant coaches and GMs and so forth. Uh, they, you know, you, you want to get into the intangibles as well, and you're not going to pick that up on film. You know, what kind of person are they, and uh, what are what are the qualities and character traits of this guy, and, and on the floor, off the floor, those kinds of things. Uh, you know, you you don't want to get surprised. I mean, I, as a junior college coach. Um, 
you know, sometimes you just had to take the word of somebody, and it, you know, it was late. It was June, July, August. You're trying to pick up a guy or two, and his numbers are great. And then you get him in, and you realize, whoa, this is not a real good person. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have to have some character changes here, or they're not going to be able to survive. So I, I think today you, you can get a lot of those character, the intangible reports from people that have watched them, but you've got to get on the phone, and you're, you know, you're texting and doing things of that nature. Uh, and then rely a lot on film. And, uh, you know, sometimes not everybody wants to come to your school. <laughs> and so it's a matter of convincing somebody that this is a really good place for you to be. It's always easy to do that when, you know, you don't have someone or two, you know, the, the depth chart isn't two or three. And the guy's a, a three-man, he's a wing, and that's his position. You know, you gotta, you got to be honest. Uh, it's, you know, one, I think one of the mistakes that a lot of college coaches make that I saw during my time is uh, they they recruited more than they needed. And I think they feel like, hey, I'm going to stockpile, get as many guys as I can, we'll get rid of them. Well, all of a sudden that started being a really a negative thing and impacting you with the APR, and all of a sudden you couldn't just get rid of guys. And when you have guys that aren't happy and they're, they're, they're not, they quit going to school, when they quit going to school, that impacts APR, and ultimately down the road it impacts scholarships and all the other things that come with it. So... Uh, I, I think there are multiple resources to, to get the intangibles as well as the guys. I mean, it's always fun to go watch them play and to see them in the heat of the moment and how they respond. But you, you can do a pretty good job of that, and uh, and that may be what they're up against here, to at least with this recruiting class. Younger guys, I don't think it matters right now because they've already been out and seen all the younger guys, but they do get better. And uh, so – It'll be interesting to see how that falls out, but I, I think there's lots of ways, lots of resources that they have. It is just gonna, it looks different than it did uh, a year, twelve months ago. Yeah, I'm really curious here if we're going to find out that uh, this is really going to separate the really good talent evaluators and recruiters from the people who are kind of average, or if it's going to because we're not going to know who's improving. If there's going to be a potluck random element to it and, and people are going to get lucky and unlucky with guys because they're things you can't know, how, how do you think this plays out with this class? Well, I think this class will be different in, in, in that sense, and, and probably uh, the impact will be there will probably be some mistakes made. If they can't have access to them all summer and they have to make decisions on late signatures, you know, late signings, that uh, it, it'll be a little bit dicey. And... Uh, but I, I think, I, th- I think it would really impact it more if this thing went on for another seven, eight, nine months. Then now, now you're looking more at the unknown. I think most everybody that they've watched uh, and seen and transfers and so forth, they got a pretty good idea. I mean, you're typically a college coach. I mean, I, I, I mean, I speak. I've been at different places, but I mean, at BYU, you're watching kids. You know, you're, you're talking about kids that are young now that you're watching and realizing that they may not come play for you for four or five years. And so that, 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 you throw that into the equation of recruiting, and it can be really challenging, and you can make some mistakes. And everybody makes mistakes. They may not like to admit it, but it's a situation that everybody makes mistakes. The key is make as few mistakes as you can. And I think sometimes coaches get caught up in finding the best player for their team, the most athletic, maybe the most talented, but really what they needed is, is a specific role. And, and even though this guy may have been an overall complete player, there's somebody else that, you know, really can de- defend and can and really bounce it and attack. And whatever the needs you have, 
but I, I think you, you eliminate a lot of mistakes by recruiting young men that are good fits for your program and in your institution and, and, the, guy, and the chemistry of the guys. Sometimes you bring in a really, really A-type personality when you already have a team of them, and it, it, could, be, it could backfire because, when guy, you know, and I, I've coached teams. I mean, I, I remember coaching at Fresno City College, and I brought a young man by the name of Ron Solis to BYU with me. He was there a year with me. He was from Oakland, and uh, he, he was a great player. And, and when he played, he was an A-type personality. And I, I got him because I knew he was a really good player. It, it was so hard for me to get him to play with Ray Alston, who, who was a longtime NBA guy. And it took a lot of time. I mean, it was worth it. But looking back on it, there, there were so many challenges and issues. And I didn't consider that. I was a young coach. And I just, just give me the best players I can get. I'll figure it out, you know, which is not a bad philosophy. But I, I think when you get to the, the highest level of college and college basketball, uh, <laughs> There's this is a transparent world, and that can cause more grief and more issues when you're constantly dealing with character issues in a, in a in an environment where they they get to see everything. And uh, and that what that does not that you can't manage it. It's just a lot more stress for the coach. <laughs> yeah, not just the stress because I think the thing that you're saying that's been the number one issue. Utah's program and why they haven't been in the NCAA tournament in four years is because of that very thing. They've brought in some guys, and we had Larry on last week, and then he's talking about some guys weren't good fits, and then they end up leaving, and now with the transfer portal, it's so much easier to go out, and that's why they end up this year with having virtually no upperclassmen because they had a couple other, some two or three other guys who would have been at this point and would have been the leaders, but they weren't good fits. And it's going back to what you're saying about having this character, having the right fit for your And so it seems like since you're not able to be out on the road recruiting, obviously the way you did and are used to doing it, that this time around you should make – absolutely darn sure you're getting the right kind of kid into your program because you have more time now to research so in my mind there's really no excuse for that and I think that and my thought for you is that you think that that will be something that coaches will really hammer in on this year to make sure that they're not bringing in guys who have talent obviously but aren't the right fits no, absolutely. And, and I think the thing that's going to happen more now than ever is that you, know, you, you, may, you may develop a series of questions and uh, circumstances that you're on the phone or you're, you know, you're FaceTiming or Zooming or whatever, however they're going to do it these days where they can, they can see them face-to-face. Because you know, talking to a young man or a young woman on the phone is different than, you know, I'd, I'd really want, I want to face, I'm going to FaceTime you. If that's legal, I don't even know what's legal, not legal nowadays, but, or, or get them in Zoom and bring them in and have a conversation, have a series of questions and scenarios. And, but I, I think the main thing is that when a head coach and a player understand the role, the, 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 you know, a lot of coaches don't want to talk about a role of a player because he's really talented and even though he doesn't shoot the three really well, you're, you're, you believe as a coach, I can develop that in him and so forth when you have three or four guys that are just great shooters and know that if he doesn't learn how to shoot it in the first 12 to 18 months, he's probably not going to be on our program. But 
the, the guy brings so much else to the table. I think that if I were doing this, my, uh, my assessment of young people would be really transparent. I, I would have conversations. We would talk face-to-face through the phone. And what are you looking for? Here, let talk, let's talk about our personnel. Let's talk about where we see you. And mind you, it's not a perfect world. And I, I have brought people into a program thinking that they would be more patient than they would or that their parents would be more patient or their high school coach would be more patient. And sometimes coaches make a real big mistake in offering them the world, this is going to be this and this and this, and then you figure it out when they, once they get there. And I don't think you can do that anymore. I, I think and, and if you do, you're not going to be in the job very long. And so it's one of those things that, I think you can do, still do and be really creative through FaceTime or uh, Zoom or something of that nature where you have a series of questions that you ask him. And, and first and foremost, tell me what you think your strengths are. Tell me what your weaknesses are. What do you expect us to do to, to help you to get better? What, what are your expectations? And I think when guys are recruiting, uh, you know, I, and again, I can just go from the time, and maybe things have changed in the last seven or eight years. Maybe, maybe they do it differently, but – it seemed to me that we'd lay out the whole world for a kid we wanted. We wanted to meet the best people on campus, the most influential. We want to have a great visit. We want to show them the wonderful facilities we have. Everything is about trying to entice them to come, and we miss sometimes on taking the opportunity to finding out what they want. And I, and I think with millennials that, that have been recruited in that kind of mindset, Generation X and so forth. It's kind of a situation where they, this is a group that wants feedback. They want to be inspired. They, those are things that they want. And if you don't understand that when they get on your campus and your personalities don't connect or you don't have staff members whose personalities connect, that kid's not going to stay and he's not going to be, he's not going to be able to perform at his best. So I think there's a lot more involved in the intangibles today when you know every one of your guys knows that if it doesn't go well i'm just leaving that, that i mean they, that's the money i don't think most kids used to when they sign they're excited and da 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 now that happens and if things aren't going right they're there, I'm, tra- I'm transferring and so you really got to do your due diligence so guys aren't coming and leaving and as coach k said you know what if you don't get guys that are the right fit you're gonna you're gonna make mistakes man nobody's perfect and you know what some kids get better quicker than others. And you, you on paper, you're going, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I see uh, John as a guy that, that's going to really play some, some minutes. He'll be in our top eight. And then uh, Terry over here, who uh, he's probably a year away, he has an amazing summer. He comes out and he kicks John's butt every day. You've you got to play him. And all of a sudden now we have a conflict. And you somehow you try to figure out how to keep him and, so you do have to manage that. And I know at BYU managing it, it was crazy because you got them coming off missions, you got them redshirting, you get, got them going on missions and then coming back. Uh, so the dynamics there were way different than any other place. But I, I think Coach K is right. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting because I was with Coach K a little bit last fall in a, in a setting where I was around his team. And I love the guys he has right now, the character of them and so forth. And, I think they all knew as a coaching staff that this would not be an easy year. You just, when you find that out, when you have a lot of young guys or have guys that are hurt or whatever the circumstances are, when you get to 
the, the, the most difficult time of the season, sometimes those guys aren't quite ready for that moment. And I think the guys that he has in his program, if they stay and they're there, you know, the, the core of that group with the guys they're bringing in, then I think they turn it around next year. I, I had a chance to kind of meet them individually and some of the players and felt like there was something there. And, uh, but there's no question, the last couple of years were challenging, but uh, I, I think in my mind, my gut says that they have the character type of guys and the talent enough next year in the Pac-12 to, to be a force because of the, they're going to get some shooting. And they, they, they've really lacked having perimeter shooting. They need it bad. And uh, I think some of the young guys, they did well, but that's not the expectation at the University of Utah. We know that. And uh, they expect you to be at the tournament and competing for championships. So, But I think they do have a core group that could, uh, could turn a corner. We'll see. Steve, as always, we appreciate a little bit of time to talk some hoops. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. See you. Steve Cleveland, join us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.